Thanks for listening to English Go podcast. To listen without advertisements or to read episode transcripts, visit englishgo.co.uk for more information. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello. I'm going to be talking about my girlfriend today. Now, I bet she's uh, very worried now <laughs> because she'll be listening to this and I bet she's uh, she's worried about what I'm going to say next. Uh, don't worry, it's uh, nothing bad. I don't actually have anything to ba uh, bad to say about my girlfriend anyway, she's lovely. Um, what I wanted to talk about was, well, today's topic is uh, seeing improvement And uh, my girlfriend, like all of you listening to this podcast, is learning English. And I have been able to see uh, improvement, big improvement uh, in her English over the course uh, of one year. So for one year, um, I've been able to like see the changes. And I thought that would be interesting to share those kind of changes Uh, with you, those kind of changes, they like tell you a bit about them, because I think sometimes it is very hard to see your own progress uh, when you are learning a language, especially if, uh, like me, um, for the first, I think for the first year, nearly two years, uh, all I did was just listen, um, didn't write anything, didn't say anything, just listening, listening all the time. Um, oh, and, and reading, listening and reading, I should say. Um, so you, it, it is hard. It is hard to uh, see any progress. Anyway, I'll tell you a bit about where my girlfriend was, um, where she is now, and also what she has been doing. So like how she has been studying. And I think that might be interesting to you. Maybe it will be helpful to you as well. So, um, when I first uh, met my girlfriend, well, the first, very first time I spoke to her, we spoke only in Japanese. I don't think there was any English uh, used at all at that point, the very first time. 
and uh, bit by bit uh, she did start using a bit of English. Um, but I do remember when we were um, spending time together, um, this is going back a year, we would often use um, Google Translate <laughs> to try and understand each other. I mean, my Japanese is, it's, it's better now. Um, it's not, not great, but it's better than it was. And uh, yeah, just to understand each other was pretty difficult at the time, to be honest. So uh, sometimes I'd be trying to translate something into Japanese for her and she'd be trying to t translate something into uh, English for me. And <laughs> but we, we got by. It was difficult, but uh, we, we were able to communicate. We were able to um, understand each other. Um, maybe not perfectly, but well enough. So that's the important thing. Anyway, back then, um, as I said, she spoke very little English, but she had been studying, and you know, so she'd gone through the typical um, school education, English education that you have over in Japan. Um, so I imagine that it's going to be the same kind of um, English uh, classes that you've probably all taken. Um, I imagine almost everyone listening to this podcast has probably gone, you know, learned English at school. Maybe not all of you, but um, I know it's uh, very common uh, amongst my listeners. So she's gone through that basic sort of, well, basic, actually, it can be quite advanced. Yeah, okay, so she, <laughs> she'd gone through a typical um, school English education, but she hadn't really done much in the way of... Um, dealing with like native media or speaking skills. So I think she'd done all like class classwork type English, you know, like studying grammar and uh, working from textbooks. And uh, I think there was there were some like conversation uh, practice elements to it. Some sometimes where she had to do, you know, like example conversation practice with other students. Um, but of course, those of her students um, were not native um, English teachers. So uh, maybe it's not quite as helpful as talking to a, a native English speaker. Um, and also her teacher. I know that uh, she has had um, English teachers who were native English speakers. So that's her sort of education background, so to speak. And... Uh, like I said, at the point we met, um, she couldn't really say much in English. Part of this was due to the fact that she's quite a shy person. <laughs> but I think I think also the uh, the skills to do that weren't there. Anyway, so we would continue um, speaking in Japanese for quite a few months, I think, mostly in Japanese. Um, and she would throw, my girlfriend would throw a bit of English in every now and again. But I think the point um, at which I noticed things really starting to change um, was when I I bought a book for her. Um, it's a book called Mr. Majika. There might, there's a series of them. There's more than one book. Um, and this was a book that I read when I was young, or maybe someone read it to me. Um, but yeah, I read it when I was quite young. 
and I think it's from ages five to five or seven, that sort of age range, uh, but it's still pretty difficult. Um, and I, I had a look at the book before I bought it for her, and I thought, yeah, that doesn't seem too difficult, that, that might be okay. Um, but it turns out that the, the story's actually a little um, old-fashioned, not old-fashioned, the words are sometimes old-fashioned. It was written in the 1980s, and so it's a bit out of date um, compared with like modern English spoken today. But it's, it's okay, it's still probably a pretty good book um, to start with, although I think there are better, better books out there to start reading. Anyway, the point is, the, what I'm trying to say is, she bought a, uh, I bought a book for her, she started reading that book, it was a native English book, not a textbook. And um, we translated the first few chapters together and I hope that that helped her get like um, like a bit of a feel, a bit of an understanding uh, for the way that the book worked. And then she carried on and finished reading the rest of the book herself. And uh, obviously looking up words as she went. Um, then she, once she had finished it, she read it again and again possibly again. I don't I don't know how many times she read it, but I think she's read it quite a few times now. And that's really good. That's a great way to learn uh, new vocabulary. That's a great way to understand, uh, to begin to understand native English. Because the things that, um, maybe you read the book the first time, and there's lots of things you don't know or understand, and that's fine. You skip over them, you ignore them, and you carry on reading. Then you read it a second time, and on the second time, sometimes you understand a bit more than before. And then you keep reading it many times, and usually end up, uh, you, you usually find that you can understand quite a lot more than you could the first time that you read the book. So since then, um, she has also been reading other books, and also uh, one of them's uh, Harry Potter, although that is quite difficult, I will say. Um, but she has a version that's sort of got like English um, and then Japanese. And so, you know, it's it's quite easy to um, read something that's difficult if you have the original, uh, not the original, if you have a version in your own language, then you can check uh, the bits you don't understand against the version in your own language. And so that's, that's, that's a way that you can read books that are maybe a bit too difficult for you at the moment. Um, and it's, it's actually quite helpful uh, doing that. I, I do it myself. Um, I'm also reading Harry Potter um, and I'm reading it in Japanese and English at the same time. And it really helps me understand uh, all the differences between English and Japanese. So yes, she's read quite a few more books since then. Um, I also recommended podcasts to her, and she's been listening sometimes daily, sometimes every other day, um, to uh, English podcasts. And since doing these two things, I've really noticed a big improvement in her ability to speak English. Not only to speak English, but also to listen to English as well. 
so like I said before, when we talk, it was mostly in Japanese. And then, but then at some point, uh, my girlfriend started answering in English. So it was a bit weird. I was speaking to her in Japanese. She would speak to me in English. <laughs> uh, strange way of talking, but um, that's what we did for maybe a few months. Um, and sometimes like once or twice, not very often, uh, we would try and have a just a, a proper, you know, full English conversation. But I, I think her listening skills weren't so good back then. And I remember um, having to repeat things many times, having to say things uh, maybe in a slightly different way uh, to try, or maybe uh, saying something and explaining it in Japanese, uh, that kind of thing. So it, it was still a bit difficult to have um, a conversation in English, full English conversation back then. Um, so we, we carried on speaking, uh, in, and this was sort of like Japanese, uh, you know, me speaking Japanese, her speaking English, um, or sometimes just full Japanese, and uh, my girlfriend carried on um, listening to podcasts, uh, carried on reading books, uh, watched some English drama, some television drama, um, and then at some point she said to me, can we try speaking in English again, please? I thought, okay, let's uh, let's give it a go. And so we did it. And I, just the whole whole hour, I think it was, in nothing but English. And I have to say, I was impressed. I was I was quite surprised. Um, all of a sudden, she'd just become better. She'd gone from, um, you know, having it, finding it a bit difficult to have a conversation in English, to me being surprised, like wow. She can really understand what I'm saying, and uh, her responses are good. Like the way she's using English is good. Now we did that um, one or two times, and then it became a sort of regular thing. So now, uh, when we talk to each other, um, it's usually we usually try to do like half of it English only, half of it Japanese only, um, and get practice in each other's language that way. But lately, I find myself being surprised again because my English, the way that I speak English to her, is changing. So before, it would have been very slow. It would have been very careful, you know, careful with my pronunciation, careful with the choice of words, you know, so I didn't want to use words too difficult and uh, try to be very simple. But I find these days, I find myself relaxing my English. I find myself being not so careful. Um, and it feels more like I'm speaking uh, to a native speaker of English. Not, we're not there yet. <laughs> okay, so there's still, there's still a, a way to go before um, I can communicate with her natively. But it's, it's, re it's really good. It's a really good uh, sign. Um, that her English is becoming so much better. And um, yeah, like I said, I am very surprised because it's only really been a year since she went from not speaking English, not speaking to any native speakers, not, not reading you know native English, not listening to native English, and to now 
where I'm impressed. You know, a native English speaker is impressed. And that happened in just a year. Now, the interesting thing is, when I speak to my girlfriend about her progress, she can't really see it. (laughs) I guess she feels like, oh, I'm not there yet. I'm not fluent yet. You know, I haven't... I haven't got to the end yet, I'm, I'm not ready yet. And so I don't think she sees the same amount of progress that I can see. Because I remember what it was like talking to her just a year ago, or the fact that she, we couldn't really talk in English just a year ago. But I'm hoping that when she listens to this podcast, she will realise uh, just how much progress she has made over the recent year. And I was wondering um, if my listeners uh, also have a similar problem. Do you find it difficult seeing your improvement? Maybe other people around you can see your improvement. So perhaps you can ask them, you know, have you noticed any improvement, me making any improvements with my English? And see what they say. Maybe they have, even if you haven't. So I hope you have enjoyed today's episode and perhaps some of the um, the methods uh, my girlfriend has been using to study English uh, will be interesting to you. Or maybe you'll be inspired to maybe try speaking English a bit more, maybe try and find um, like a language partner, a language exchange partner um, on the internet that you can talk to. And maybe you'll be surprised just how far you can come, how how much better your English becomes after just one year of practice. Anyway, I look forward to talking to you again next time, and uh, I hope you have a lovely day. Bye-bye. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Thanks for listening until the very end of the show. If you've enjoyed this episode, please give my podcast a rating, or if you have the time, write a review. 
It's a really nice way of letting me know you enjoy these episodes and encourages me to make more of them for you. Thanks very much and have a lovely day.